So hi everyone, thank you very much for joining us for this conversation with Andy Hustle, the founder and CEO of a company called Poor Internet. Poor Internet has been providing affordable internet services to Kenyans in certain areas of the country. And um, you know, we've seen some very interesting news and developments about the company. And uh, I think, first of all, I'd just like to thank Andy for joining us. Uh, thanks, Andy, for joining us for this conversation. Thanks, Mike. It's nice to be here. So, Andy, I'd just like to know, I mean, for those who are listening, those who are going to be watching this content, I'd just like to get a sense of, um, you know, yourself, who you are from a personal and professional perspective and and how you got here, basically, starting up this, this business, which, you know, is doing some amazing things in terms of providing internet access uh, to the underserved market. Sure. Um, so I'm, uh, you can probably tell by my accent, I'm, I'm British. I was uh, born in the UK in 1973, which means I'm fortunately a, a little older than I would like. Um, but I, I kind of grew up as uh, home computers were starting to become a thing in, in Europe. Um, and I kind of got hooked on technology by sort of, uh, there was a computer in our school. One computer in the school for the whole school to use, and I kind of got hooked on using the computer and kind of got into programming, and that led me into doing a, a degree in computer science and then getting even more hooked on, on uh, telecoms. Because when I was graduating, uh, mobile phones were just starting to appear in, in Europe, um, and it seemed like a very interesting thing to do. In fact, the, the company that I joined straight out of university basically sold me on the idea of working for them because they, they didn't have any business in the UK. So they basically mixed two things. So I got to do telecoms and computing, but I also, they said I would have to travel abroad. Um, so I got to, to travel around Europe on, on somebody else's dime, uh, basically building some of the first, the first mobile phone networks in Europe. Um, so many of these eventually became what's now Vodafone in Europe, but this was back in the Wild West when people were thinking that mobile phones, maybe 5,000 people in the country would use a mobile phone because um, history teaches us it kind of went a bit kind of crazy. And so I just sort of got involved in this, this crazy, crazy team of building these mobile phone networks and building these mobile phone businesses in the sort of, in the sort of mid to late 90s. Um, I then uh, picked up an MBA. Um, I, uh, did some work with a consulting firm and then kind of got involved with uh, investing in telecom businesses. They kind of ended up on the investor side of things um, and, and then started, tried to start my own investment firm. And, and that business uh, met some trouble because it was around the time of the dot-com crash. Um, and slowly it became a business that was actually more focused on, on bringing telecoms, or sorry, bringing technology into uh, what then used to be referred to as emerging markets. So we'd find interesting technology from Europe and America uh, and then try and build a business around this uh, in the Middle East and actually more in kind of Western Africa, in, in, in Eastern Africa. Um, so that's where I got my, yeah, my, my I got to travel spend some time in some, some very interesting countries. Uh, and I got to also technology and, and telecoms again so that that to, uh, then joining a, uh, a large wi-fi well what became a very large wi-fi business uh, in spain we used to build very large wi-fi network with a deutsch telecom germany softbank um, and that led to the genesis of because i started um, asking the question 
who took this this technology from building in, in uh, European and US and Asian countries Latin, uh, in Latin America or Africa, where clearly there was a, a problem with getting people internet activists. Um, and one thing led to another, and we, we kind of realized you could change delivering internet and that is the starting point. Excellent. Uh, thanks for sharing that backstory. So, as I understand it, Point Internet's been operational now since 2016, so about uh, you know six years now. Um, I believe the areas where you're currently operating is Springfield uh, and Korokosho. These are areas that many Kenyans probably would be surprised to find that uh, a business like Springfield in. But I'd like to understand a little bit more about you know the formation of the business, uh, what you're addressing in that market segment. And you know how you're able to serve that area, you know, you know, profitably and sustainably, because you know we obviously know that the the consumers who exist in those markets are not people who are necessarily earning lots of money, but clearly you've seen an opportunity, and that's an area that you're serving. Yeah. So um, you know, the the starting point was really saying this: there's these new technologies appearing, like Wi-Fi, that, that fundamentally change the cost of building a, a telecoms network. Uh, and by ch having a, a lower cost of build, we could, uh, therefore, the intent at the beginning was we thought we'd be able to sell internet access at a far lower price point um, because we had to spend less money building the network and therefore we could just afford to, to, to sell it cheaper. Uh, and that logic still pervades everything we, we do today. So, we, you know, we, we were kind of looking at this Africa in general and, and Kenya in particular and realizing we have the very low um, you know, obviously, this is a few years ago now, but even still today, not, not many people are using the internet, or not as many people as one would like using the internet. And, and it's kind of worse than that for most people. The experience of using the internet is a few MBs in their, their, their bundles. Uh, they're very expensive. So uh, those people who can and do get online can't really engage with the richness of the internet. It's hard to stream. It's hard to movies it's hard to um, you know do all these things that you use a lot of data um, so we set ourselves the target of saying well there's a big unaddressed, unaddressed market here most many people can't get online and, and uh, those who do can't use a lot of data so why don't we try and build a telco or an ISP that just solves you're not building a helicopter is you build a network and then you try and sell to the richest guys first uh, you know the people with the most money they're the better the fattest pickings so to speak um but we turned around and went okay that's with a big market because there's a huge number of the internet you know, we know we know that i mean that is anybody you know i mean kenny's a very young population it's very tech savvy everyone wants to get online uh, but most people can't afford to. So why don't we go after that base and try and come up with a solution to uh, solve internet access for, for those people? Uh, and as soon as you start saying, we're going to try and sell to um, focus on customers who are on um, you know, relatively low incomes and can't afford to spend a lot of money on internet, it, it defines everything. You say, you start thinking through, how do we do this cost effectively? How do we best serve those customers? And how do we serve product designed for them rather than building a product for, for rich folks and then trying to squeeze it down to you know people who've got less income oh absolutely you know, it's like a, a famous story i like to share that you know there's a time in our home we had a, a maid who joined us and um 
after she settled in and you know she got her stuff in place the next question she asked is you know what's the wi-fi password and i think that's a clear reflection of you know the market we're in now where you know globally you know access has now become a basic human right and the more people can have access to it then clearly it sort of transforms their lifestyles and how they they live and work and all these things um and i'm just also again curious maybe this is a question is you know when you think about you know, how you're currently deploying um your network and you know what it's you know um you know wirelessly and also you know specifically on wi-fi and so forth um what sort of offerings are you delivering to the target market i mean how do you maintain and also secure your infrastructure given the you know the socioeconomic status of of the people in those areas and then also you know how do you handle the issue of affordable and you know available electricity um to power that internet access and maybe the last thing is you know the literacy aspect the education you know is it easy for people to get online um, is the capacity there already or do you also spend a significant amount of time educating the market on how to actually use the internet yeah sure so there's a, a lot of that's kind of a package so um the the infrastructure and delivering this primarily we offer a um it's called a fixed wireless access service so we offer a a home internet service we're not offering a mobile primarily we're not offering a mobile service you know we're offering a service that provides you internet in your home to the customer that feels very similar to what you'd be used to as a fiber to the home service um except we use some different technology uh, to deliver that and that means we can uh, sell the service far more cost as a far lower price point so what we offer today is a uh, unlimited data Uh, home residential service for 1500 shillings a month prepaid and to limits where they can watch um Netflix and YouTube 24/7 now the data or using up their bundles um and and so that that's the core of the kind of service we offer and we we uh, build infrastructure into the communities where we operate to to deliver that um so we um you know we build towers and masts and so on but these are, are, are quite innocuous things you know people are used to seeing these these huge kind of cell towers sprouting up around the city and you probably won't spot our towers and masts in our infrastructure it's tiny it's and and you know very lightweight quite discreet uh, most people don't know where it is and the uh, the power required to run it is very low um so we don't need uh, generators and solar cells and you know huge amounts of infrastructure to kind of keep it running it's very cost effective to run and and doesn't need a lot of energy to keep it keep it going and again that saving on energy um and the cost of the infrastructure is something we can pass on to our customers to keep the cost as low as we uh, as low as we possibly can uh now you you talked about security of the infrastructure you know and I when we the first launch business people kept telling us you're going to have huge amounts of theft everybody's going to steal the equipment um you know we had a, a massive line item in our business plans you know for replacing stolen equipment we have almost no theft um you know there's a little bit of course but uh, but but far less than we we kind of expected um and and part of that i think is because of the way we uh, build the service you know we're we're deeply integrated with the communities we serve so most of our our team come from these the communities where we operate uh we 
provide free internet to the schools in the areas where we operate. And so I think the people, the places where we, we build these services, um, I think people understand that we're doing, you know, we're bringing good to the community. Yes, we're a business, but we're not trying to exploit people and we're bringing some, something very valuable to them. So um, people seem to respect that and, and, you know, we build, we try to build very strong community relationships and listen to what people are saying and, uh, and respond to that. So, we, you know, we're trying to do good and I think people fundamentally believe in that and, and, and support us. Um, you know, the, the, if, you, if you jump back to my my backstory, you know, my, my experience of uh, using my first experience of using a computer in, in, a, in, my, you know, in a school in the sort of 70s in the UK, um, you know, by giving free internet into to schools here, hopefully we can create the same kind of, uh, you know, starter experience. You know, I'd love to hear in 25 or 30 years time, somebody, uh, you know, some Kenyan entrepreneur saying, well, my first experience of getting on the internet was using power in a school in Kibera. Um, you know, that would be an absolute dream. So um, hopefully we can, we can foster a whole bunch of uh, you know, the next generation of sort of tech-savvy uh, Kenyans you know, through what we're doing. Um, many of our customers are quite young. Uh, today we operate in, in kind of Nairobi and uh, you know, they're, they're pretty tech-savvy. Um, so we haven't had to do a lot of explaining to people what the internet is and how to, how to use it. Um, I think as we expand, as we start heading outside of the capital, as we uh, start looking maybe more some rural type areas and you know, places where people have had just inherently less experience of the internet, we probably will have to think more about the, uh, a series of things. You know, people are less likely to have smartphones, people are less likely to have had experience of the internet. They may be um, you know, more, more nervous about using technology or unfamiliar with the technology, and so we may have to think about ways to uh, to educate them, but I think those problems are more likely to occur as we start heading uh, nationwide than, than in, in our base in Nairobi. Great, thanks so much for that. And then, um, currently, at least as far as what I was able to read, um, you currently have about 12,000 paying you know home customers. I believe you're you're doing that at about 1,500 shillings a month, uh, unlimited, and then tens of thousands of, of, of customers on the Wi Fi um, uh, you know, networks that you put in play. So I'm just wondering, you know, because clearly, you know, there's you know great opportunity for, you know, I think Point in it to provide a similar service on a nationwide basis. And I'm just curious to see or hear your thoughts around how you scale that up, how you, you know, you start to really get this across the entire country. That that's exactly our plan now. So we've spent quite a bit of time uh, working out how to get the service right and. and Deploying in, in parts of Nairobi and parts of Kiambu. Um, we're now at the stage where we're going to start uh, deploying this into, into other places. So, over the next uh, couple of years, we would expect to uh, offer this service in, in many, of the, uh, many of the towns across, across Kenya. Um, certainly, we don't want this to be a Nairobi thing. Uh, this is you know, the, the, the internet demand is, is out there nationally, uh, and we, we certainly want to provide our service to as many people across the country as possible. Okay, and of course, yeah, I think the reason why this call, I think, is uh, recently poor internet had been flying under the radar. Uh, that was completely blown out of the water when uh, this announcement came out that you got this massive funding of uh, 28 million dollars. 
And I think the question that many of us are wondering and looking at is, what does this mean for going forward? Uh, how do you plan to deploy this investment and what does it mean for your future prospects? Um, well, well it's, it's going to support exactly that national growth we just talked about. So we can use that to uh, to build our network. Uh, we're going to hire um, you know, a, lot, a lot more people to support that growth. So we can invest in our, our you know, we've got a great team, but it's, you know, it's Nairobi based. We're going to have to scale that across the, the country. Um, and certainly we, we can use the money to hire more people. Uh, we're going to obviously, have, you know, we have suppliers that many of our suppliers are, are most of our suppliers are local. And so obviously as we build more infrastructure, more towers, and more network and deploy to more customers, that means we're going to have more and more suppliers that we, we can uh, we can support and invest in. So, uh, you know, this money that's, that's come in is going to be used to expand our operations in Kenya and to invest in uh, growing our team and growing our, our, our network of suppliers. Great. Um, and maybe just as the last question, I don't know whether, because um, it's evident, obviously, this is going to be the journey in the next two to five years with this, uh, you know, um, funding that gives you this capacity to not really, you know, significantly grow the business. But are there any, you know, unique predictions that, you know, maybe come to mind in the next two to five years that you have, maybe at a poor internet level or just looking at the internet access space within Kenya and the rest of Africa? Are there any things or trends that you're starting to see or can predict going forward? I mean, certainly, you know, if I look at it from our perspective, you know, our hope is we want to get as many uh, households using as much internet as possible. So I think there will be a, uh, a shifting away from this, this mindset that the internet is just about 3G, 4G and using tiny bundles to uh, this, you know, this mindset of kind of scarcity. It's a scarce resource that needs to be meted out to so this mindset of, of plenty and being able to sort of fully engage with the internet. And once that happens, um, you know, the, the, the kind of world is released, so to speak, not from a, from a business perspective, but for the society. You know, the more people that can kind of richly engage with the internet, uh, the more that will drive things like knowledge sector jobs and technology jobs, the, the more it will help people, you know, uh, people's education. Um, you know, so many things flow from, from internet access. Um, so I think if we're even partially successful in our goals, you know, we and others, you know, we're not the only internet provider out there. Other power is the only thing in the world. But um, you know, if we can get a lot of people online using a lot of internet, uh, you know, the, the understanding of technology, the understanding of, um, of you know how to use the internet, and, and then all the benefit that comes from that, whether it's social inclusion, whether it's education, whether it's training, whether it's business you know we'll, we'll kind of flow from that um, and i think the the types of jobs and the types of work will you know will increasingly shift to kind of knowledge sector uh, type type activities you know and that means more money in people's pockets more value created uh you know and as you know uh, you know it will accelerate the 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 kenyan economy you know massively is, is the hope um, you know our goal then is to kind of export from, from what we're doing in kenya into uh, into other countries, um, you know, and if we can then sort of start a ripple effect and then sort of anchor it in Kenya into, into other African countries and, and create that same uh, uplift, then, you know, we're, you know, it has the potential to really uh, accelerate so many aspects of life across the country. Um, Andy, I know that I said that was the last question, but it just occurred to me, maybe there's one or two more things I'd love to hear from you. Um, 
One would be um, during the pandemic, you know, it's now practically two years, you know, and we saw that a lot of internet uptake changed in the market. Um, you know, people who never had home internet now have it. Uh, e-commerce platforms uh, really so much more adoption. And I think the consumer behavior changed dramatically. And I'm just curious, from your point of view, as pointed, do you see any interesting trends as well within uptake, within how you consumers were using your network, uh, the internet access? Did you see any interesting trends that maybe you might want to share with us? Yeah, I mean, for, I think in common with all the internet providers, we saw not just more people wanting to get online, uh, but we saw the, the existing customers that we had using the internet a lot more. So, you know, we, we saw almost 50% growth in the amount of data uh, people were consuming. Um, and when you, you know, maybe it's not a surprise given, you know, lockdowns and the various things that were going on and the closure of schools, but we saw, uh, I guess, people moving to more and more, let's call them value-added activity. There's things that watching TV and watching movies and so on, but we saw a lot of people do online education. Uh, we saw more and more people doing uh, trade and business online. Um, I think many of our customers, you know, obviously they, they're principally a residential service, but many of them use it for some form of business, either because of their employment or because of their, their, their various businesses and side hustles and so on. Um, so um, I think we we, you know, we saw just a greater level of engagement and probably a greater level of depth of how people are using this, which, which which was great. And I think the obviously there's been many many negatives about COVID, but um, I think it's you know fundamentally accelerated sort of digitization in society. Um, and, and whilst that's, you know, the whole COVID experience has obviously been very, very painful for many people in the short term, in the long term, I think this acceleration actually um, will probably have a long-term benefit for everybody. Well, I guess that's it, Andy. Thank you so much for your time and indulging us uh, with your story of Poor Internet, you know, your journey here and, and the future. And uh, we're excited to see what the prospects are going forward with this vision where you really want to bring inclusion to everyone on the internet in Kenya and across the African continent. And uh, wishing you all the best going forward to you and your team. And, and once again, thank you very much for being on this podcast. We do appreciate it. My pleasure, Moses. It's been great to talk to you.